Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Like we did all year long. Family all three. We won as a family. We stay together as a family. I'm proud of you guys. Hell yeah. And I love each and every one of you. Soak it in, Denver. Your Denver Nuggets are the NBA champions. Close it out in five, as predicted by one. Danny Clough, Danny Bailey in the booth, me. Saw it coming. Uh, it felt hard to predict at times because the Nuggets are trying to go somewhere they had never been before. But uh, this game was in doubt for a span of time, especially, I guess, in the very early going. But even when... Denver was playing poorly. Miami could not take enough advantage. It felt as if it was going to be a a closer game, but it did feel like it was the Nuggets to lose. They did not, and we'll get into it over the course of the program. want to get your opinion as well. The Colin text line is 303-831-1340. And I guess, Sandy, let's just start with the idea that no team in NBA history since the merger has gone as long as the Denver Nuggets had had as many playoff series, 44 playoff series before claiming their first title. There are a lot of uh, ways you can slice and dice it, and we'll get into uh, comparisons later uh, about it. But really, it's more the idea because you started in this business roughly, if I'm not mistaken, within a rather short span of time in between the Nuggets joining the NBA and the merger. And there is nobody here better to speak about the way the city has changed, the sports landscape has changed, all of it has changed, and what this actually means than you. So the floor, sir, is yours. I I, I do remember coming here as the Nuggets prepared to play their fourth season in the NBA. And they had been in the playoffs the previous three years. They would not make the playoffs in 1979-80. In fact, they would lose uh, 50, I believe 52 games that year, if memory serves. Uh, The following season, they also missed the playoffs. And they began a fairly lengthy stretch of making the playoffs every year in 1981-82. But I saw... Most, if not all, of the ABA Nuggets play for the Nuggets in the NBA. I didn't see Bobby Jones play for the Nuggets. He had been traded by then. I came in uh, months after the trade of Bobby Jones to Philadelphia in exchange for George McGinnis. I was also here for the trading of George McGinnis to Indiana for Alex English. And Alex English became the greatest Nugget player, in my view, of all time, until Nikola Jokic Mine too. came around and had a chance to talk to Alex uh, today uh, uh, alongside George Carl, and that is something we will be uh, putting together later this week, uh, some of Alex's reflections. Uh, he is very much a Nugget fan and a passionate one, one who has followed every move they've made with uh, – an intelligence and insight that 
few would possess, but I thought that was the move that, at the risk of being melodramatic, saved the franchise. Uh, and those move engineered by Carl Shear, who had been much criticized for trading Bobby Jones in exchange for George McGinnis, and then turned around and swapped uh, McGinnis for Alex English. But uh, the Nuggets' story at that point was an ABA story primarily. Uh, most of their existence had been spent playing either as the Rockets or the Nuggets in the American Basketball Association. Uh, the Nuggets, in my opinion, uh, though I wasn't here in talking uh, at length to people who were here covering the team inside the organization, uh, I thought there was a time during the 1977-78 season during which the Nuggets were the best team in the NBA. Somewhat similar to the way the Nuggets seemed a few years back before Jamal Murray tore up his knee. There was a brief period of time, maybe 10, 12 games leading up to that knee injury in the spring of 2021 in which the Nuggets looked like the best team in the league. And there had been other occasions like that through the years. There was a stretch of time during the 09-2010 season that the Nuggets appeared to be the best team. In fact, George Carl was... Uh, the coach of the Western Conference All-Stars at that time because the Nuggets had the best record, even better than the Lakers, uh, a year after losing to the Lakers in the playoffs. So there there were times, 1978, 1985, 1988, at times, injuries at the wrong times to key players when the Nuggets seem to be on the verge of accomplishing something. And to have it come together in the magical way it did this year, uh, led by the man whom Alex English uh, most graciously acknowledged has uh, quite clearly surpassed him as the greatest player in the history of the Denver Nuggets, and that would be uh, Nikola Jokic. But to uh, build a team, and to tell this story of this team over the last decade since the firing of George Carl, which happened almost 10 years ago today, almost, uh, to the day 10 years ago, George Carl was fired and what this franchise has been through the last 10 years, uh, the Brian Shaw uh, misery uh, of uh, parts of two seasons, and then finally the hiring of Michael Malone uh, to join with Tim Connolly and Connolly's departure uh, last year, uh, replaced by Calvin Booth, who to me is the unsung hero of this uh, Nugget Championship Certainly uh, so, yes. run and the construction of this team, the final touches put on the construction of this team into the team it is today, engineered by uh, Calvin Booth. Uh, but it, 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 is, it is very personal, I think, uh, on a number of levels for people, uh, there won't ever be anything like the Broncos winning the Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, th- that's the greatest sports story. Uh, and the Broncos arrived on the scene seven years before the Nuggets did. Right. Uh, or the Rockets, actually. Rockets, yeah. Uh, and the only reason they changed the name from Rockets to Nuggets was that Carl Shear, again, was anticipating a merger and a move of the Nuggets to the NBA and the NBA already had a Rockets team that played and still plays down in Houston 
So they had to change the name of the team. What, Couldn't go into the NBA as the Denver Rockets. Right. But I, I, I think as they wrapped up the championship last night of so many people, and I, I'm not going to list them all, but I'm going to reiterate something I've already said on multiple occasions over the last few weeks. But the person I think of most of all is Carl Shear, the late, great Carl Shear, who saved this franchise, not only by trading for Alex English, but by preserving an ownership group that was not well-financed, particularly after the costs associated with the merger. And those costs wiped out the Indiana Pacers for a generation. Those costs wiped out the Nets uh, for at least a generation and maybe longer than that, although the Nets and the Pacers did reach the NBA Finals before the Nuggets did. And, of course, San Antonio Spurs have won many championships. Uh, Their ownership was maybe a bit more solid and wasn't as drastically affected uh, as, as the ownership of the Nets uh, at that time under the direction of Roy Bowe, uh, out here where you were piecing together investors. And, and Carl not only managed to acquire Alex English, when Alex English was a free agent, Carl found a way, and to this day I don't know how, to keep Alex English here in Denver rather than see him go to Seattle. And Nugget basketball history uh, was forever changed when Carl Shear was able not only to trade for Alex English, but to keep him here when he easily could have left uh, as a free agent. So uh, it, it's for these people and, and the long-term Nugget fans who have been going back all the way to the Rockets and even in some cases back to the old uh, Denver uh, franchise uh, at the beginning of the Basketball Association of America. Uh, that didn't last long, but uh, Denver's basketball history is a long and storied one. And uh, this team is a championship team for Denver. Uh, It's also an international championship team based on uh, the acclaim now being uh, directed toward Jokic, but it's also uh, a championship for those fans who have followed Denver basketball and Denver basketball history is so much richer uh, than the national media even now oh my gosh, recognizes. Yes. This has always been a great basketball town. Um, due to the popularity of the Broncos, Denver unfortunately developed a reputation for being not even a football town, but a Bronco town, to the exclusion of everything else. And I never thought it was either or. Uh, I, I thought baseball could thrive here, and it has, even though the Rockies haven't been a very good team, by and large. Uh, I thought the Nuggets could electrify this city in much the fashion that they have uh, over the past two, two and a half months. I, I've seen it. I felt it for brief periods of time. The 1994 playoff run that got them past Seattle, first eight seed to beat a one seed, and almost got them past the Utah Jazz of Stockton and Malone. There have been times as, as when the Nuggets well did electrify the city. Right. But for for a long period of time, uh, to be the best team in the West, uh, if not the entire league, from mid-December on through the end of the regular season, to go into the playoffs, 
having lost 14 of their 20 previous playoff games this year, having lost 10 of their last 17 regular season games this year. Many doubts about the Nuggets going into the playoffs this year. For a lot of people, this didn't feel like their time. Underdogs to the Suns coming in. Underdogs to the Lakers coming in. I found myself, certainly during the Lakers series, and it was easy to feel this way. The Nuggets swept the series. They were never in trouble during the Lakers series. But even during this series against the Miami Heat, and even when it was tied one game apiece, the Nuggets won game three. And we both were fully confident that they would. Maybe not quite as confident about game four, but still very confident. And in texting with basically a dozen people on a regular basis throughout this playoff run during games, I can tell you that right up until the end last night, people were excited, but in a high state of anxiety because they couldn't quite embrace yet the idea that the Nuggets could pull out a game like this, which was, and we'll get into this more later, far and away the least efficient offensive game the Denver Nuggets played, and to my way of thinking, the worst game of this glorious playoff season for the Denver Nuggets. Worst game. But when this happens Except at times. for the defense, and they right. found a way to win with defense and maybe the best rebounding guard in the NBA by the name of Bruce Brown, who won the game for them last night with a stick back amid many taller opponents and teammates. It was Bruce Brown who retrieved a missed shot, put it back in, and cinched a championship for the Denver Nuggets. When Bruce Brown at at 6'4", the rebounding and uh, scoring hero, Although he only had 10 points in the game for the Denver Nuggets. That was excellent in game four as well after having a rough game three. It seems like you had somebody else uh, every single night. And to my mind, I think when you hear at times, and you get this with teams, you know, uh, Golden State got it. Well, they're just they're just shooters. You know, there's always something where people want to put something on it. To my mind, when you win a rock fight like last night's game, which yes. is basically what it was. It was, a, it was, it was. A, an ugly, ugly it was. basketball Old game. Old school as in 1990s basketball. And that was a game a last fight. night right out of the 1990s. The Miami Heat of the 1990s. But not really. This Nugget team is not a Denver Nugget team from the 1990s. But to my mind, that, team, that's a different set of... found a 1990s yes. way to win. And it validates the championship in another in another facet. Because they look and you look at the, the, the glorious play of Jokic and Murray and... Aaron Gordon, to a lesser extent, in a lot of different ways, though the statistical pileups were not the same. But you understand when you watch these sort of games, and you, if you watch a team you've never seen before, and you think, okay, one-trick pony, blah, blah, blah. Even people do this to champions, which is ridiculous. You can't get there without being well-rounded. But nevertheless, that kind of victory, to me, I think showed people a different facet than Never Nuggets. Miami broke 100 once. One time. And that was in a game they won only by three points. The Denver Nuggets, you could make the very solid argument, won this game and this series on defense as much as their offense. And that's one of the impressive parts. You talk about Bruce Brown, who has, obviously, when you talk about the the guys that, as they can want to run this back, and of course the Nuggets did what a lot of teams do, they get a little ahead of themselves. Look, enjoy the one you've got, right? But get a little ahead of themselves, and they say they want more, and you'd like to have more. Uh, that's what the coach said. 
Yes. Well, and some players said it after the game as well, and I get it. That's fine. And, of course, I mean, why would you want to stop? But Bruce Brown was an, an integral part of this team. And prior to the, the offseason in which they got him, this was one of the guys when you and I were doing the program at another outlet, I was banging the drum for that this is a player they need to look at adding, and I didn't think they could afford him. They managed to afford him. They got him. And he has a player option for next year. The Nuggets under the CBA can only give him a raise of a certain amount of money. And it's not all that much. Bruce Brown was asked after the game what he planned to do, and you will hear an insert of what he is likely to do from teammate Aaron Gordon. Drink a lot of Jameson and Gingers, um, play a lot of golf, um, and then be with my dog. Other than that, and be with my boys back at home. He's going to get paid is what he's going to do. He's going to get paid. Stop playing. <laughs> I'm going to get a bag. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wrong. I mean, Bruce Brown uh, made $6 million this year. He's earned at least double that on a new contract and maybe even more. The uh, We know about the golf because, uh, shameless plug, if you are around town and you see My Life Sports Magazine sitting around, you'll see one Bruce Brown on the golf course. Uh, Fossil Trace. Fossil Trace sitting on the, uh, on the cover there of, of our magazine this month on our golf issue. Bruce Brown also talked after the game and indicated that he wanted to come back. And I've, I've talked about this. I know Bruce Brown would like to come back because Bruce Brown loves Denver. He has found a home here, and he's found a team in which he is a perfect fit. That said, it will be tough. Could, at it, Bruce Brown's 26 years old, could he run it back for one more year, see if they could repeat, even if they make a good run, then parlay this into a monster contract? He sure could. Absolutely. At the same time, could you sprain your ankle on, at the parade on Thursday or break your ankle falling off a bus? Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you can't make that money. Uh, also true. So it's going to be very hard to retain Bruce Brown. But if it is one and done for Bruce Brown, I mean, what a what a legend to write. A, a sixth man that was essentially a starter, a guy that was clutch for the entire postseason, uh, played multiple roles, was your backup point guard, defended ones, twos, threes, and fours at times during this playoff run. And it was acquired by Calvin Booth, who you brought up as one of the most important parts of this championship run, because Calvin Booth understood that Bruce Brown's diverse set of skills happened to suit not only what Nikola Jokic does, but what this Nuggets team needed when it came to the depth and the relative inexperience of its younger players due to the way the salaries have to stack. Calvin Booth and Mike Malone recognized what apparently 29 other teams did not recognize. Skill set with respect to Bruce Brown that would be applicable on a team here in Denver, clearly built around, as many teams are now in the NBA, two stars. One clearly a superstar, and the other, I think, as even Bruce past his 25th birthday, still emerging right. as a star, uh, perhaps not uh, yet quite at the superstar level, but. Understanding that, they still knew there was a place for him. And the reason they knew there was a place for him was that they knew he could, as they say, play up. In other words, at 6'4", with a 6'9 wingspan, he could play against larger players and succeed. They drafted a player in Christian Brown who could also do that. The other route, which they had dabbled in across past seasons was taking a larger player 
and trying to get him to guard the Jimmy Butlers of the world at six seven six 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 five. That didn't work so well. A lot of teams do that. It doesn't work so well. Speed the and lateral movement is more important. To people who get through screens, who are quicker, yep. also had strength and a defensive commitment. And I love what Calvin Booth told a reporter about the scouting process that led him to do what very few in the Nugget organization wanted him to do at the draft last year. And that's draft Christian Brown with the 21st. And Peyton Watson, two defensively minded players. And he said about Brown, I watched him during one of the pre-draft camps and I was waiting for somebody to beat him one-on-one. And as he was defending and I was watching him, I never saw him get beaten, not even once. With Peyton Watson, I saw a sequence in which he was driving to the basket, lost the ball, fell down, and yet, in spite of all that, sprinted to the other end of the floor and blocked an ensuing shot. And he turned to Michael Malone and said, that's the reason he didn't play at UCLA, but on the back end, that's the reason why he can help us. Effort matters. Effort is part of what the next the Denver Nuggets, the champions. They are the champs. Enjoy it. We're going to have a great time breaking this down today with you. 303-831-1340 is the call and text line. We'll be back with more on My Life Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. And now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. <laughs> Congratulations. Nikola Jokic after the game, of course, the ESPN broadcast. I think Lisa Salters is more familiar with him now as a player and a person. At a oh, point. let's get off Lisa Salters back. <laughs> that was, there's far, Lisa Salters is a very good she interviewer. Is. And there are far she more national an people analyst. to uh, poke on she about that. Yeah. No, she's an not. She's not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little fun. We learned a lot about the national. Well, I should say not say we. Um, in full disclosure, I started my professional career at... ESPN in the late 90s, covering the Denver Nuggets and the NBA. And I understood for a long time, as as we've talked about, basically in the late tenure, latter half tenure of David Stern, how the league functioned, and it was somewhat different than in the earlier tenure. And the truth of the matter is that for a long time as a national media member, if you were not assigned to a particular team, you could pretty much pay attention to six, eight cities, and the rest were, eh, tune in if you needed to, but they weren't going to be involved. And I think that was exposed, and I, I was sort of happy to see it because, you know, growing up here and working here, and even when I worked nationally, still worked here. There's a reason for that. I knew everyone was moving here and didn't see any reason to move away. But the nature of the national coverage of the NBA, because of that historical 
angle on it because it loved its, its great all-time champions and its big market. The notion of Denver as a flyover city, and, and uh, I was on Air in Minnesota yesterday, and they're one of those cities that, that the NBA considered a flyover city. And now, due to what Adam Silver is doing, that is changing, and it is actually turning out to be better. We will find out what the ratings will be. I, that they will be through the five games. We'll find out. But they were ahead of pace of last year's Celtics-Warriors finals, and that's Boston and San Francisco. So good news for the NBA. And also, uh, heads up. I mean, I've known this was the case for a long time, that if you're a national analyst, you didn't have to spend much time on very many teams. Not saying they aren't doing the work, just meant they didn't have to. And human beings generally do what we have to, and not as much extra. Uh, that was exposed, and that will change. And uh, if, it, that, if that feels vindicating to you, Denver, then enjoy it. But the approach that Jokic had, <laughs> Java's done now, it's time to go home. And, and obviously he had... Other uh, discussions, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about it, about the, you know, the, the parade, which will be Thursday, by the way. Leave your guns at home. Thanks. Let me just say that. We'll just leave it at that. The parade will be Thursday. And uh, Jokic was uh, originally joking about, oh, no, I have to get back in time. Of course, it was obviously a bit of a joke. So Nuggets PR upset, well, you can leave Friday. And he just immediately responded, okay. Uh, so he gets it. But there is... Uh, a, a part of this, the the mindset of of Jokic, we kind of I called it kind of yesterday a happy warrior, and to him basketball is not the primary thing in his life. You could tell, and it, you could see his daughter on his shoulders, the photo of his daughter sitting on his shoulders trying to catch the confetti in slow motion as it falls last night. He's going to be on every year's end of list best shots, and I even noticed that even while his daughter was on the table next to the trophy there were players jamal murray did michael porter jr did christian brown did that actually lowered their heads and poked and got into his daughter's face with a smile and a little wave in other words not the first time they've seen her basketball is not Jokic's primary priority and to hear jeff green talk about it jeff green had an opportunity to discuss nikola Jokic. And we talked about after game two, uh, the apparently great speech that nobody, wink, wink, seems to remember what was said from Nikola Jokic. Um, the play, of course, is sublime. But if you've had a question of, uh, of how much of the Denver Nuggets are now Nikola Jokic, let Jeff Green, a guy who's been in this league a long time, tell you. I mean, he's, I mean, he's very humble. Um, a guy in his, his stature, his position... Uh, to be as humble he is, to be his teammate, and to see it, uh, it was gratifying. Um, you know, he, he's, our, he's a workhorse. He's the reason we're in this position today. And, uh, you know, he'll say, you know, it's his teammates. But, you know, for me, it was him. Uh, he pushed us to, be, to get to this point. And, you know, without him, we wouldn't be here. So, you know, he deserves all the credit. Uh, him, Jamal, Mike Aaron, uh, KCP, Bruce, uh, they, they – they risk their bodies night in, Jeff night Green. out in the playoffs <laughs> for us to be here. You got to include yourself. I'm sorry. In I'm, I'm on cloud nine real quick uh, right now, man. You know. I'm with Scott Van Pelt of ESPN after the game, of course. But uh, Jeff Green sounds a little bit like Nikola Jokic. Last guy he's going to talk about is himself. Well, yes. And uh, I think there's uh, a certain chemistry that's uh, rather unique uh, between Nikola Jokic 
and Jeff Green in particular. And, you know, I think Jeff Green can turn into the Giannis Haslam of Denver uh, next year. Seems to want to come back. Uh, may not play a lot. Last night, I think, was uh, an interesting night when it came to the distribution of playing time because Bruce Brown played 28 minutes, Christian Brown played 24, and Jeff Green only played five, but had an uh, impact in five sure minutes did. he was in, four points and assist. And I, I think he is gradually evolving, and Mike Malone deserves credit for this. That was not the playing time distribution throughout virtually the entire regular season and even early stages. DeAndre Jordan got first in the playoffs. A quarter minutes. I mean, it's because Jokic had foul trouble, but he, instead of doing, uh, you know, kind of dragging through it, he went in. Oh, this was this is exactly what yeah. DeAndre Jordan is here for. The pulling case of emergency. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, don't know that hold it was quite a couple the emergency minutes. that required DeAndre Jordan, but it worked out. It, it was fine. And you know what? But it doesn't wanna... hurt to get him a couple minutes in the right. finals. Hey, he's had a great career. Uh, yeah, but uh, they're trying to win a game, and it was three minutes, and it's it's okay. I, I really admire Malone on this front because it was something that I thought was deserving of criticism as, as the season went along. Uh, I, I had the sense through much of the season, maybe even most of the season, that he really didn't understand what Christian Brown could bring, but after benching him, and I thought correctly so, uh, during the latter portion of Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals and the entirety of Game 4, all of a sudden, Christian Brown started uh, to get his minutes back in Game 1. He got eight minutes and finished with 24 minutes in Game number 5 uh, last night. His playing time generally went up, 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 up uh, throughout the series. But this is the great Nikola Jokic line, which captures Nikola Jokic beautifully. He's talking before the finals this year, and he says, basketball is not the main thing in my life and probably never will be. And to be honest, I like it because I have something more at home. You were just talking about it. Something that is more important than basketball. I think that's what I've learned. I already knew that, but this kind of proved that I was correct. That's Nikola Jokic in a nutshell. Well, in the- there's an argument to that, right? That there, there's a there's a balance. Did did any of the things that that ground him make him a worse basketball player? No, he'd argue and, and did argue. They make him better. Your focus is on why you're doing what you're doing. And remember, he said this before the Nuggets won the championship. Right. Not last night after the game. He said that before when he hadn't won anything. And if there was a knock on him that seemed to stick, at least with a lot of people. It was, yeah, but he's never been on a championship team. Yeah, but you can talk about his scoring, rebounding, uh, his playmaking, his brand of leadership, but he hasn't won a championship. Well, now he has, and in the largest sense possible, he has been proven correct, that his brand of leadership has been proven to be legitimate, uh, very similar in, in my w- way of thinking to uh, Alex English's brand of leadership during the 1980s. Uh, temperamentally, uh, the two are very, very similar. And uh, 
the nice thing about Nikola Jokic is uh, Nikola Jokic knows all about Alex English, and he knows all about David Thompson, and he knows all about Dan Issel, uh, three of the greatest players in the history of this franchise. He knows all about them. But uh, though Dan got a ring in Kentucky uh, in the final two seasons of the American Basketball Association, um, Alex and, and David uh, did not get NBA championship rings. Uh, of course, David got a national championship uh, in 1974 at North Carolina State. But he understands all this history, and he has a balance to his life right now and a kind of wisdom and a knowledge of living through in his early years uh, terrifying circumstances. He has the wisdom of somebody who has lived a very long and successful life. He has already lived a successful life, if not as yet a long one. Yes, growing we talked about it yesterday. Growing up in Serbia, you know, born in the middle of the, the Yugoslavian civil wars with uh, exactly. ethnic cleansing issues, uh, and on that that mindset. And spent at five years old a great deal of time sheltered away in a right. bunker. Right, and it, it is not the same, but. Michael Porter Jr. had a family crisis earlier this year when his brother was involved in a fatal car accident uh, earlier this year in, in the DU area. Michael Porter Jr. for a while on this team, the maturity was maybe the biggest question about him. Porter Jr. last night had a difficult time shooting from threes, did not shoot well, but ended up with 16 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and kept the Nuggets close in parts of the first half and early in the third quarter in which things were ready to slip away. And Porter Jr., singled out by Michael Malone earlier in the playoffs by being a guy that came to him and said, I don't care if I finish the game, if Bruce Brown's the better fit, I want to win. Here's what Porter Jr. had to say about Jokic after the game last night. Nikola, I mean, all he, he does so many things for our team. He's so, he's so good of a basketball player, like, I don't really think people understand how good of a basketball player he is. I mean, but to to do this, you know, we're we're happy for him, and um, we're happy for everybody on the team. But I mean, Nikola, he let us all playoffs with his passing some games, scoring other games. This was a historic run. I don't know how you could say he's not the best big man ever. Really, like he's one of the all-time great basketball players. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I, I think he's one of the all-time best players to ever play this game. So to be on his team, he makes it easy for the rest of us. Um, but we got so many good players on this team, man. We're just we're 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 happy we got to do it with this group of guys because we don't know if we'll be together um, how much longer. But to do it with this group of guys is it feels amazing. Beautifully said, uh, and uh, there's nothing I can add to it except. Uh, Complete agreement. And then well, this is not the Michael Porter Jr. we heard from two years ago. Yeah. This is a man that's worked no, hard no, on maturing and, as a player and a person. And and I, I think it, it, what you're hearing is that Nikola Jokic drives this team on so many levels. It's not just almost impossible to enumerate all of them. Yeah. I mean, he really has uh, become, when you talk about the face of a franchise, oh. I mean, this is it. This is what you're talking about. The Denver Nuggets are the champions. We'll be joined later in the show, by the way, by Coach George Carl. Looking forward to breaking that all down with you. The number here, you want your opinions, 303-831-1340. Call and text line. 
Uh, the Denver Nuggets are the champs. More about this game, more about what it means, and more what it might even mean next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Sandy, you talked about Michael Malone and his evolution over the course of this season and the playoffs. We're talking about a guy in, I mean, the year in, year out, the team has gotten better. Eighth season. Yep. And we've talked about it as the playoffs loomed closer and closer because for most of the year, Michael Malone had had handled rotations in much the same way as he had over the course of his career. Plenty effective. It's not as if the Denver Nuggets have not won a lot of games in his tenure. And virtually every year, crept up a little bit. Virtually every year, yeah. Right. M- most every year. Got a little bit better. And so that, that deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit. But Michael Malone had an opportunity to talk to the people on Sirius XM after the game. And then you talked specifically about the rotation changes, uh, especially late with, with Christian Brown and letting, letting him, when things are rolling, letting him roll. Played half the game. Uh, stating his confidence in Michael Porter Jr. And after the game, uh, we don't have the audio for you because it was, it was uh, a little too quiet, but great reporting by Nine News. Uh, catching a candid moment between Malone and Michael Porter Jr. after the game uh, with Porter Jr. and Malone talking, Porter Jr. indicating that Maybe he's a little frustrated about his shot. He won for six for three last night. And Malone stopping him and saying, I don't want to hear your shots weren't falling. You went out and made a difference tonight. You and had the, an and the reason the that we won we won the championship. And he, you know, sixteen points and uh and thirteen, 13 rebounds, rebounds, three assists, three assists. And only one turnover. He was not a mistake player. One, one turnover. On a night when even Jokic and Murray were Bitten by the turnover bug. And they had 10 turnovers between them, but Michael Porter was not a mistake player on a night when he could not afford to be a mistake player. And even the he shots he missed? A solid player. The shots he missed, not bad shots taken. Of course not. Open shots, no, they weren't no, they, falling. They, they were fine. And, uh, you know, did, did he rush a few of them? Maybe. But he also ran into a three, the one he made, at a key point in the game. And you're thinking that's not necessarily the best shot either, but it went in because he had some rhythm, and he shot it with confidence. And part of that interaction during the course of this series with Jokic was important, where Jokic told him, you can't pass up threes. They will defend us differently if you do. You have to take them. You don't have to make all of them or even a terribly high percentage of them, but you have to be a threat. And it's something we hear smart basketball people say all the time. You have to be a threat. When you're driving to the basket, you have to be perceived as not just a passer, but as a potential scoring threat. The defense will not react to you in a way that's beneficial to you if they see you only as someone looking to pass. And strangely enough, I think, Speaking of bug biting, that afflicted Jimmy Butler in this series and the key play in the game last night 
Was Jimmy Butler Frozen in the game in the still? Uh, still, I mean, he's being guarded somehow by Jamal Murray. They're one point down. And he somehow he did drives not into the, the lane. I don't know and why. instead of just jumping and shooting over Murray, he hesitated. Jokic comes over. He throws a pass. It goes right Easily. to Contavious yep. Caldwell-Pote. And I thought uh, the two big plays in the game, that one, a moment of hesitancy by uh, a superb player, Jimmy Butler, and the offensive rebound and the stick back by Bruce Brown. Those are the two key plays in the game. And at least directly, Jokic and Murray were involved in either one. Indirectly, maybe in the first one, the steal. But directly, it was Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown who made, on defense and offense respectively, the two key plays. And in one of the earlier plays in the game for Michael Porter Jr., uh, looking at a shot that he could have taken, not feeling confident, decided to put it on the floor, take it baseline, and dunk directly over uh, Kyra Lowry. Well, he shot seven for 17. Right, yeah. It it was fine from inside the arc. Uh, And and again, uh, one turnover in 34 minutes on a night when the Nuggets couldn't afford... Any more turnovers. Any more turnovers. They were sloppy as a and, team. And uh, Jokic and Murray, again, had 10 turnovers between them and only 12 assists between them. It was not a, a, a Rembrandt by any means. Uh, it was the least efficient offensive performance, not only by Denver in the 23 playoffs, but by any team in the NBA playoffs. It was the worst offensive game uh 94 points on 96 possessions. That works out to 97.9 per 100 possessions. Every team in the playoffs, every single one exceeded. And the Nuggets that in the playoffs efficiency. on average before this right. game were over 120. I mean, it was a disaster. Absolutely. But Porter- it, it was. And they won anyway yep. because they managed 50 points in the second half. Not great. They scrapped. But got into the paint. They gave up only 38. Eight points. Right. And for the playoffs, listen up to this one. In the non-Jokic minutes for the entire playoffs, the Nuggets finished minus three. That, not minus 30. That is not be. minus 300. Minus three. When the best player on they earth is off the They basically broke even in the minutes that Jokic did not play in the playoffs. That, too, is the impact of Nikola Jokic. He was so important to the psyche of his teammates that they even managed to learn to play well without him on the floor. And the the incident that we described yesterday where uh, Bruce Brown took that three at the end of game four, right? and Jokic is gesturing no 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 oh, what are you doing and then slamming his towel, towel down on the- slamming it on the floor <laughs> right. needless to say and i'm sorry for not making this more clear yesterday nikola Jokic is on the bench doing what coaches have talked about doing for years when they no, no, no. say to the player <laughs> as he's shooting an ill-advised shot in the coach's mind no 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 Shot goes in. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Dave DeBusher in the great book that he wrote following the Knicks' first championship season with Dick Schapp, entitled, appropriately enough, The Open Man, 
uh, a philosophy the Nuggets certainly abided by, led by Nikola Jokic, uh, told the story of, uh, in a playoff game, uh, taking a shot that, and Dave DeBuscher almost never took a bad shot. He was not a great pure shooter, but he almost never took a bad shot. And he takes what today would probably be a three-pointer, okay? And it goes in. And he's running back up the court, and Red Holtzman, as he passes him, the coach, the great coach of the Knicks, is saying, way to go, Dave, that a boy. And DeBusher notes in the book that had the shot missed, Holtzman might have yanked him from the game physically right then and there as he passed him on the way back down the court to play defense. So, uh, yes, this man is the heart, the soul, uh, the psyche uh, of, of the Nuggets, and that means no disrespect to any other player or any coach or any a front office figure, uh, Josh Kroenke or Stan Kroenke, they know it's true. And Josh Kroenke had a great statement after the game last night that I want to get into a little bit later on in the program last night about how the Nuggets came to be when back 13 years ago, a lot of people thought they were on the verge of winning a championship. And what happened 13 years ago when Josh Kroenke for the first time, was running the Nuggets, Stan Kroenke, um, according to bylaws at that time, the National Football League could not own or at least operate, operate right. an NBA franchise. Cross-ownership was not permitted. It is now. But Josh Kroenke had a great story about his first experience as basically uh, the uh, principal owner and chief operating officer of the Denver Nuggets. Well, you talk about the idea, Sandy, that Jokic's style sort of permeates now, right? And it sort of has become the Nuggets. We talk about Porter Jr. not being able to have the shot after after game one. It just wasn't there. And it wasn't there last night, one for six from three. But he found other ways to get it done. In other words, find other ways to impact the game. Take what the defense gives you. Find other ways to impact the game. Michael Porter Jr., one of the youngest teammates, a guy that was not raised with that style of mind uh, of play when it comes to his mindset approaching basketball found a way to adjust and adapt. And uh, the reward is very, very clear. You can hear from Porter Jr. last night. I mean, my jumper was broke all series. Like, I, I didn't play well offensively um, to my capabilities, but <clears throat> they know what I'm capable of. They see me every day in practice. So the confidence they were giving me every day was what, what good teammates do. So. I just stayed with it. You know, even tonight, it wasn't my best shooting night, but I just kept playing hard. That's all you can control is your effort. I could have scored zero points, two points. Like, I don't care. We won a championship. Can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it, isn't right, it? Rightfully so. And, uh, again, this is not a comparison, but I think of uh, Mr. Clutch, the great Jerry West, the logo right. now, as he's uh, uh, more uh, often recognized. Uh Jerry West averaged 29 points per game in the playoffs during his career. Even Nikola Jokic doesn't have that high a scoring average in his playoff career, nor does Jamal Murray. The great Jerry West, 29 points per game in his playoff career. Um, raised his game in the playoffs. And he was an all-time great during the regular season. 
The Lakers have never won a championship, but they have a team in 1971-72 that's won 33 straight games in the regular season. They go into the playoffs as prohibitive favorites. And what happens to Jerry West? He enters into one of the worst shooting slumps of his career. It was by far and away the worst shooting playoff series he ever played in. Guess what happened to the Lakers? They won the first and only championship that Jerry West ever won. As a player. Nobody does it It by himself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have the trust of your teammates and you are impacting the game in other ways, which Jerry West certainly could do. Jerry West was a terrific defensive player. He was a fine passer. He rebounded. He did everything else. So what? He was in a shooting slump. It was frustrating, I'm sure. But Michael Porter has grown up and matured as a basketball player as well as personally. And you remember, but most fans don't remember that Jerry West had a bad series. They know Jerry West was a champion. That's what gets That's all, remembered. Nobody remembers Jerry. That's what gets West shot below remembered. 40% in the playoffs that year. Nobody and that's remembered. what it will be for the Denver Nuggets. Nobody does it alone, including Nikola Jokic, because uh, when you have the best two-man game in the league, well, it takes another man. That man's had a long road to be getting a championship himself. We'll talk about Jamal Murray next on Miley Sports. These other thorns are rosy. And if you never know who you can trust, then trust me, you'll be lonely. Oh, are you ready for the sequel? Ain't ready for the latest? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.